It's the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Live from Armory Studios in Central Florida, you're listening to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the World Wide Sports Radio Network. Draw all gas, no break. And now, give it up for your hosts, CJ, Kevin, Jimmy, and Harrison. Take it away, boys. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network at our new night, new time, well, same time. If you've been a fan, then you already know we used to be on Friday nights, but we are no longer on Friday nights. We are now on Monday nights. I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller Simone, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, my co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, and we got some intro music for him. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Mr. Kevin Jackson! Jackson. I know what time it is. What is good? Talk to me, my brother. How are you? Ladies and gentlemen, it's good to be back! It is so good to be back right now, my man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm amped right now. Look, it's fitting that we should come back on a night like tonight after what it is that we just experienced over the course of this past weekend. Like we kind of needed to take the time off and get loose and get stretched and uh, bring back the energy because what I just witnessed, I don't think it's ever been seen before. So we're going to talk about that later. I'm not going to blow it all up right now. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Weapons Hot. Thank you so very much for rocking with us tonight. I'm sure we're going to have fun. Highlight us. Let's go. Absolutely. So you guys already know I'm sharing the uh, the show to various groups as I share multiple duties here on Weapons Hot. So, Jax, we're going to talk a little bit about the yeah, New York Jets sure. NFL Draft, the Jets getting phenomenal grades all over the football world, something that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. And quite frankly, something that, in my opinion, New York Jet fans are just not used to. And that is the national media. The national press, every single tabloid all over the country in the football world, literally not having anything negative to say about the New York Jets. <gasps> Be still, my heart. It's not possible. It's absolutely not possible. The New York Jets, the raging dumpster fire that has been for over the past decade. They actually have positive things to say about this draft. Hmm. Very, very, very interesting. Telling you, bro. Give me your thoughts and your opinion on the New York Jets draft class before we go into it in detail. Break it down for you into a fine powder. Okay, let's do this. Because this is granular for me, right? We We talking about fine powder? This is granular for me. I'm numb. I'm numb. I don't know what to feel right now. I'm excited, ridiculously proud. I'm at a point right now where everything that I see and everything that I look at with regards to this organization looks like the same thing that has crushed my heart every single year for like the past 11. All right? Look, we we, we have an opportunity right now to, to, to witness something, right? Joe Douglas, who... Some people still, unfortunately, seem to feel like the jury is still out on. Joe Douglas has come in and he's done something over the course of the past two seasons that I don't think has ever really been done in the history of drafting, period. The only team that drafted three 90-plus ranked draft prospects based on uh, scouts.com. This year, we actually have three that are above 92 in the first round and Brees Hall, who was above that in the second round. So we had also seen something that had never been done again back to back there was a lot of conversation a lot of discussion about why it is that we shouldn't be patient 
with regards to what it is that Joe Douglas is doing and trying to rebuild an organization that had been pitifully, pitifully, pitifully undermanned for years, for years, stupid decisions, bad GMs, stupid leadership to allow nations to function the way that they did. And now finally, what it is that we're seeing right now is the culmination of when idiots get out of the way and football people do football stuff to build a football team. I'm numb because I don't want to see rainbows. And everywhere I look, I see rainbows. I see talent that we thought was going to be thousand yard talent in rookie seasons if they were to, if they were able to stay healthy. Health has been an issue for us, right? Yeah, I get it. But we're looking at them coming into next season thinking that if they could just do what it is that they did, thousand yards, both of them, in Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. What we just saw literally was Joe Douglas come back the following year and draft better players at both positions. So now those guys that we thought were going to be 1,000-yard guys are now backups. This is what it is that we're talking about. We said when we were talking about be patient, right? I've been screaming it for years. Another unfortunate side effect of hunger. We've been so hungry that we're wilding out. We know how to respond, how to react. We have no control over the knee-jerk reflex, uh, that, that knee-jerk response that makes you say something stupid when you see something happen, right? All of that. We, we, we're seeing free agent acquisitions that unfortunately got injured last season, right, and didn't have an opportunity to play. We're talking about going into a season where we were hoping to get better production from guys that actually hadn't produced that at a level but looked like they were on the way and then some guys again like carl lawson who actually didn't play we're looking to get those guys back what joe douglas just went and did he went and got better guys he went and got better younger guys he's been active in free agency brought in some really solid defensive players in positions where we struggled last season on defense he brought in, you know brought in some solid safeties jordan whitehead i think is a thumper i think we really kind of needed the influx of that talent. i think that there still could be something done but just for the sake of this right now he addressed safety can't do everything all at once that's for sure having a dress linebacker really we'll see how that works out they did bring in some guys this draft coming off of this weekend we're actually talking about what could end up being transformational drafts like what it is that we saw what the Steelers had back in the days when, when when they drafted all of them Hall of Fame caliber guys and they ended up going on a run and, and and you know just barely missed one for the thumb right how do I feel I feel numb because I don't want to look at everything that was done and say, you know, we, we're about to ball out. No, we we're can't about do to that. Ball out. Next season, why not us? We got thumpers on defense. A lot of help on the defensive line. We've got an influx of talent in that regard. Remember this. I'm trying not to see rainbows. I need somebody to talk me down ASAP. <laughs> because That's okay. I'm about to talk you if down. If you just go by <laughs> what it is that we've seen Joe Douglas do over the course of these past two drafts. In a couple of years, my man, we're talking about what what is it? Might be 25, 30 grand to get to the Super Bowl by then. I'm going. Am I wild in CJ though? I mean, really. You and I have really kind of discussed it. No, we really haven't. We we really have not had the opportunity to really discuss the draft. I mean, you and I made a slight appearance on uh, the Sports Loudmouths last Wednesday as far as the draft is concerned. We had questions about Joe Douglas's 2020 draft, right? COVID year. Then there was a draft class last year. Now we have this year's draft class. Arguably, according to NFL experts around the nation, the New York Jets hit an absolute home run with their draft picks. So, really quick, I want to go through all of the draft picks. At pick number four, we already know, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, okay, cornerback. At number 10, the New York Jets selected Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. At that point, Jet fans still wondering if the New York Jets were going to go and get back, get themselves back into the, back into the fray. Joe Douglas goes right ahead, pulls another miracle out of his ass. Jets traded up for Jermaine Johnson, okay, which they snagged at what, pick twenty six in the first round already. You address your corner position, which you already know because you are part of the group chat that we have with another show called the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. And also a couple of other people that are just in that chat itself. And I completely went ballistic over the number four pick. I was absolutely positively livid that I was sitting here and I was just like, you want to know something? Why the hell is Joe Douglas going to pick a friggin' cornerback at four? What the hell is wrong? Especially when Kayvon Thibodeau is still there. JJ was still there. 
I thought that would have been the perfect time for the New York Jets to go and to strike. Especially with the fact that the Houston Texans basically pull a Houston Texans move and select Derek Stingley Jr. with the number third overall pick. So, that's why I kind of laugh a a little bit. Now, I was going back and forth with some people that we have in the chat. I was completely livid. Absolutely livid. But then, I felt a little bit better when the Jets drafted Garrett Wilson in 10. Now, as the draft went on, I had gotten several texts. Jets are going to trade back up into the first round. Jets are going to trade back up into the first round. As soon as I saw that they did, and I saw that Jermaine Johnson was still back there, I was like, oh my goodness. So, with pick 26, the New York Jets select Jermaine Johnson. Jets get their pass rusher. I was a very, very happy camper, and at that point I had said, I'm going to bed. Because now, the thing that I wanted the Jets to get out of the first round, which was a goddamn pass rusher. In doing that, I said, Jets got themselves a pass rusher. We're good to go. Solid first round. And everybody was happy. I asked a very good friend of ours from the Proud New York Jets fans Facebook page and also podcast on YouTube to come and join us. Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to give everybody a warm welcome for Mr. Nick Shine Jr. Nicky Shine Jr. Nick, Nick. Welcome to Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan we broadcast. How are you, my friend? We, we, we living right now, right, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> it's up to the adult table. Right? Okay. Great conversation. How are you guys doing, man? Look, you know, we, t- we are good. We are good. Kind of our inaugural episode. It's been a while since we've been on. Mm-hmm. Right? Glad to see CJ back up and popping, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. look, to come back on the notes that we're coming back on right now, yeah? I think the consensus opinion is that we kind of hit a home run in, in the draft. A couple of home, like Grand Slam. a Joe Carter right? World Series right? ending home moon, run, bro. <laughs> moonshot, moonshot, right? Kind of break it down. Like I, I think we're all kind of articulating similar feelings. Though. I mean, Nick, I, I'm going to turn the floor over to you show. because I'm, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. I'm kind of in sync with what you were saying. My thoughts were when we drafted Gardner, I had no reaction. I was even keel because I, I didn't like it. I wanted to say it, and I was like, all right. But now I'm in a different place as a Jet fan because I trust in Joe Douglas. So I was like, it's not a finished product yet. We still have a lot of work to do. Let's see what happens. 10 comes. We're all nervous. We're waiting. Does a trade come in for Debo? Do we take JJ there? Do we take a receiver? Do we gamble on Jamison Williams with the injury? Taking Garrett Wilson? I don't hate it. You know, Zach Wilson's at a place where the receiving core isn't elite yet. So I can understand the, the value of having Garrett Wilson in for OTAs and training camp and, and getting that valuable time with a new young receiver to pair with Elijah Moore. And then I was at my kids watching it with them. Their mom went to bed and I was like, just go to sleep. Jets, Jets, Jets aren't done yet. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, and I looked at the kids. I go, we're going to trade up. I go, I know it. On the IOW Sports Network, I do round one mock drafts. And I did a complete round one mock draft. And I can send you the picture with the time stamp and the date from Thursday. I had the Jets trading up to number 26 with the Titans. I said, that's the sweet spot for Joe Douglas. I go, the Titans are going to bump out and we're going to trade up. I had them trading up for N'Kobe Dean because in my scenario, we had gotten a receiver at 10 and I fall to four because the day of the draft, that was the rumors, right? Right. So we didn't need an edge, but I did have Jermaine Johnson there at 30 for the Chiefs. I had the Jets moving up to 26. I just had everything in the wrong spot but i nailed that scenario they said the jets trade up i instantaneously put the phone down because i did not want to get a tweet or see a tweet pop up and tell me who the pick was i wanted to have that moment raw and reactive with the kids and when it's i said the kids are asking me who's it going to be i'm like it could be jermaine it could be Loftus, right i'm like i i I think it's got to be an edge at this point because they were both still available and when they announced jermaine johnson finally gardner's good jermaine's good Both of them being together makes it even better because now you're taking two of our biggest concerns, speed off the edge, coverage on the back end, and it's not taking one and waiting a year. It's bringing in two alpha dogs together simultaneously. I'm 43. In my 20s, I was a lunatic about the draft and everything changed the world. In the last couple of years, I've kind of, through all the jet draft failures, right? It kind yeah. of brought down and been even keel over the last couple of years. When we hoist a Super Bowl trophy in the next couple of years, 2024 AFC favorites. I've been saying it for two years now. Since the day of the Jamal, I've said 2024 AFC favorites. We're building a bully. We're building a team that has athletic playmakers on every level of the defense. We have maybe one of the best tight end rooms in the league. 
I didn't even get to the hall pick yet and the running rest of our offense. Uh, we're building it the right way. And I don't want to go further in the draft because I know you guys were just talking at Jermaine, so I'll stop there and then then we'll all go forward together. But Joe Douglas needs a statue outside of Florham Park already. Yeah. I think he think he's earned it. CJ was getting ready to go into his because I had already, you know, kind of touched upon a lot of that. We are going to go into more depth because I think we're going to speak positionally, you know, as we go forward. But overall thoughts right now, I mean, it's really just hard not to, it's not, it's hard not to recognize this as being um, the type of transformational that everybody says, yeah. you know, we, we, we kind of needed to have. Um, it's I think the it, franchise changing off season that it is, it is. in January, February and earlier we needed. I was checking out Scouts Inc. and they were talking about uh, the, the draft halls that Joe Douglas had brought in over the course, not just this draft in particular, but last season as well. Right. And they're talking about there was no other team that had as many highly rated players in, in one draft. So I think they said last year that they had three players that were ranked above 90. I was just literally laying out why Joe Douglas is making us, it really easy for us to kind of chill now a little bit, right? He's making yeah. it easy for us to chill. We, we, we've been, we've been really been yelling about, you know, you can't ask somebody to have patience and then continue to be, continue to be junk. Right. I mean, right. now what you it is that can. we're seeing is we're seeing that, that junk kind of transfer. We haven't spent this type of draft capital on these types of players in ages. It shows that maybe we do have the adults in the room. So I'm going to let CJ yell at this one right quick. I'm pretty much in vain with you guys right now. The way that I'm looking at this draft is exactly like this. We had a killer draft. We addressed the positions of need. We got some depth in other areas. Like, of course, round two, pick 36. Jets traded up to draft Brees Hall. So, again, the idea is drafting Brees Hall is going to create a two-headed monster with he and Michael Carter in the backfield. Round three, we pick 101. Probably the most feel-good story, but believe it or not, the Jets got themselves a quality player. Tight end Jeremy Ruckert, a lifelong New York Jets fan. And man, let me tell you, when they showed the videos of him with his family and his friends being selected by the New York Jets, they were going nuts in his living room. They were going nuts outside of his house. They shot multiple videos of he along with his family and friends, doing the Jets chant. So excited. I could not be happier for the kid. Anyone know something? When this kid comes to camp, he's going to want it that much more. And, of course, him being in a tight end room yeah. that I've contains Tyler day, Conklin and C. Yeah. Because this is There's a kid. There's never going to be a player on the Jets that wants it more than yeah. him. This is, this is the dream come true, right? Right. This is this the is tight end. This is the tight end. true for him. This is the t- Wayne Corbett right here. Yeah, I was going to say, can't. No Jets got themselves. Father feels, man, having a son drafted to a team he's a season ticket holder for. They got themselves a huge insurance policy in offensive tackle of Max Mitchell. Do you want to know why, guys? Because this kid could play every single friggin' position on the offensive line. And not just play it, plays it well. Move on. Round four, pick 117. I'm really excited about that kid. Defensive end Michael Clements from Texas A&M. Here's another blue chip guy. Gives the Jets another threat in trenches after a breakout season. Recorded 23 tackles and 11 tackles for losses, 7 sacks, 2 deflections, 1 fumble recovery, 1 forced fumble, and 1 touchdown as a senior. All of them were career highs. So you know that this kid's going to come into camp and he's going to look to make his mark right away. And believe it or not, we went from having... A cornerback room or a secondary, which was a still a giant question mark, even with the free agent acquisitions that we acquired before the draft. Now, our secondary on paper, at least, actually looks a little bit decent. But again, cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Because I want to see things when the rubber meets the road. They signed some undrafted free agents. There was a whole bunch of... Uh, undrafted free agents that the, that they had signed. Um, JetPress.com actually put the whole list. And even some of those names, there were a couple. A matter of fact, I think there's like one dude, like a, a running back, his last name is Knight. He was actually graded with a fifth-round grade. And the Jets ended up signing him as an undrafted free agent. From North Carolina State. Yeah. Kids are baller, for real. Our <clears> running backs <throat> room is going to be pretty stacked, uh, just yep. based on 
what it is that I've seen too. Ty, Ty Coleman. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson. If he's not here. You so know, the Michael P. Ryan, we may have to say goodbye to all three of them. I know CJ doesn't like this, but P. Ryan's a scrub. Huh? CJ just likes him because he's from Florida. Yeah, I know. He's got a soft spot in his heart for those Florida guys. No, I like Michael Piran because the dude actually busted ass. And the problem is, is that they didn't use him over here. So, but, <laughs> but also go ahead and take a look. It could be a possibility. He's just not a scheme fit for this offense. And if that's the case, it is what it is. Trade him away where he could go someplace, which is where mm-hmm. is a, a scheme fit for him, where he could kick the tires, restart his career. Not everybody can make it in New York. Okay, Ja'Kai Polite couldn't hack it. So Jabari Zuniga couldn't hack it. He's going into year three. His ass is on the bubble. So just because they're from the University of Florida and I'm a Gators fan doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to come here to the New York Jets and they're going to excel. Because once you put that green and white on, you're expected to perform. You know, this big boy football now, all right, this is a Tecmo Bowl. Everybody can't be Bo Jackson and have a 99 rating. I think you're looking at the domino effect of Douglas and Salah and their staffs getting together and being in unison and being on the same page with ideology of building the trenches, building that up first. And uh, I, I reference this all the time, that the day Salah hired a staff, they all wrote detailed reports about each and every position and the characteristics and the traits that they need and the ones that they don't. And I think it's helped the scouting department greatly in finding the players they need to scheme. Never saw an article about that with Gase and his staff. And I think that when when you look at what the 49ers did for years with drafting, with Philly and Baltimore and being under Ozzy, you're seeing a best player available. You're seeing captains. You're seeing leaders. My go-to line for the last couple months has been, when you have a team of leaders, you don't have anybody that has to be led. Last year, as bad as some of these games were, there were no helmet-throwing sideline situations. There was no kicking the punting tent. A young, motivated team playing hard for four quarters and doing everything they could to come back. You're seeing a team of guys who want it. You're seeing a team of guys that we could be proud of. Yeah, I'm plugging my page because a couple of years ago, we said that eventually we're going to be proud of this team. We're building a team that's going to we can be proud of on and off the field. Joe Douglas and Robert Salah are not sitting up at 2.30 in the morning for gunshots at a club or, or DUI. Drafting very good humans on top of football players. We're never going to bring in a Pac-Man Jones. It's going to be a player that we cross off. And I reference him because all the the strip club shootings he he was a part of. Yep. You're not going to have to worry about the characters and the type of people we bring in. It's a team that we can be proud of in full circle. And you're seeing the good drafts come in because of Salah and Douglas and the ideology of let's build the trenches. Let's have a dominant D-line. Let's have a dominant offensive line, and let's get scheme-specific people behind it. Whether you like the player or not, whether I like the player or not, whether any of us like the player, Douglas and Salah like the player. And their opinions and their weight carries much more than than any of ours. As much as I love and respect everybody we do, I do podcasts with, it's just fans' opinions when it comes down to it. And landing Ruckert is great. It's a feel-good story. Two, three years from now, that might be the most popular jersey in the stadium, just like Corbett was, because his family sat where we sat. They've cheered like we've cheered. They've cried when we've cried. They still do. punched the wall when we punched the wall. And I think a couple years ago, somebody who lived in Oklahoma was drafted by the Cowboys, and his whole family was Cowboys. The name is escaping me. They had that moment. And it's the odds of it happening are very, very small. But when it does happen, no matter what team it is, you get drafted to your childhood team and there's pictures of you by the Christmas tree and at Jets draft parties where we've been. Jets are your face. <laughs> Nick, I got to say this just because this is this is a reality for me. You're touching on something that I think it kind of transcends football. It transcends this particular conversation in that when his dad stands up and yells and, he go, and he's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I felt that. Like that, that touched, that touched something like I, like he was standing right next to me yelling in my ear as I'm watching that video. And, you know, for all of us that, you know, wish that we could have made it for all of us that, you know, tried to play professional football and couldn't and, or, or, or have friends and family that were close for you to peripherally be able to feel it. I have those experiences. I felt that when his dad jumped up like that, that's all Jets fans. That was all of us in that moment. They don't know what's happening. They don't know it's coming. Right. My kid plays football, so I put myself in that position. 
I couldn't imagine. I would be a wreck. I would be like like on the floor in full hysterics. Stabbing. I got drafted Stabbing. by the Jets. Stabbing. <laughs> and I know it looks like like I'm crying now, but the pollen in New Jersey yeah, is yeah. so bad today. You have no idea how much Visine these eyes have absorbed in the last 10 hours. <laughs> but I would be a basket case if my son got drafted yeah. by the Jets. I, I know I wouldn't be able to. I'd be on the same page with you. I'm not even sure I'd be able to congratulate him. I just... <laughs> Ball up on the floor and cry for, for a couple hours. How cool um, is it that the Jets are having great moments? Like, we're not a laughing stock anymore. The, the, uh, the, we turned the corner this offseason. Well, I no, 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 no. Wait a second. Wait a second. A it's still too early to say we're not a laughing stock. Because you know what? We could... Pat ourselves on the pack, uh, on the back. Pat Joe Douglas for uh, on the back for how well this draft went and how well free agency went. I'm sorry, but I got to keep us on the main line. Okay, I'm not going to guzzle that green and white Kool Aid just yet until they until the rubber meets the road and until this team starts putting W's on the floor. Because you want to know something? Ultimately, ultimately, Nick and you of all people, because you coach, should know this. Okay? Ultimately judged on wins and losses. Two years is unacceptable for this fan base, for this franchise, and in this city. Jet fans have put up with a decade plus of dog shit football. Bad players. Bad contracts. Players that didn't want to be here. Players that didn't care about being here. The only reason that they were here was because nobody else was stupid enough to give them the insanity contract or John Idzik would give them, or Mike Tannenbaum would give them, right? Let's call it what it is. Or even Adam Gase, for that matter. Okay, in the whole friggin' 20 minutes that he was general manager. No one wants to come to a losing organization where it is perpetually bad. But Joe Douglas has now got his fingerprints all over this team. You've got players on this team lobbying for other players from other NFL teams to come here and be a part of the process to make the Jets great again. Am I right? As much as we want to sit here and we want to say, Joe Douglas's draft class was great. He hit it out of the park. You guys heard me say it a little while ago. Free agency was solid. We are not going to know squat until the rubber meets the road. So when OTAs and minicamp start, blackout period before training camp comes, Right, then the green and white scrimmage where everybody gets all excited. Now training camp starts, right? Now we start into preseason games, right? That's when we're really going to start to see what these kids, what these players are made of in year two of Robert Sala. In, in now year three of Joe Douglas, technically. Because you want to know something? I don't even count the first year with Adam Gaydraft before he was fired. And Joe Douglas came on board. CJ, you and I, we, we've been doing shows together for years now. We've, we've known each other for years. We've interacted on quite a few different platforms. And I'm just going to say that in all of that time, I don't think I've ever heard a take that I disagree with more than what it is that I heard you just say just now. And I'm going to keep it real. That, that, that says a lot because we've had some things to, you know, that, that, that we've disagreed on. But this in particular, the tone of it right now is crushing me. It's negative. I said I was blocking everybody that was negative the other day. I'm dead up right now. You would be blocked right now, CJ. Because I, as, as much as I want to look at this and say, I don't want to see rainbows. I have no choice. They've given, they've given me tangible reasons to believe <laughs> that we're going to be better than we were. The influx of talent that we've just seen. The creativity that we recognized last season in, in a coaching staff that didn't have the type of talent that we have now going into this season. The, the vibe, the mood, the attitude. Nick, Nick just a little while ago on something that is so crucial to success, and that is chemistry. That is how it is that the identity of the locker room is being established right now. Yep. And I guarantee you, none of them are thinking about, oh, yeah, we didn't ball out last season or we haven't played well, none of that. I'm telling you right now, it's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan right now. Period. I won't debate that. CJ, yeah, I get you. where you're coming from. I know that this franchise has pummeled us emotionally and mentally for a very long time. Let me tell you where we're at right now. When Joe Douglas got hired, he had to knock the building down. He had to Everything knock the building down. down. He had to dude, dude, the we building. He had to call a freaking exorcist. 
All right? They had to go and ask the U.S. government to come in with the MAOB, the mother of all bombs, and just completely wipe out Florham Park. I got you. Hear my analogy out. It was a building that was condemned. Bad contracts, no draft picks. What did Joe do? He knocks down the building. He clears out all the rotted ground from underneath, and he had to build it as brand new. Yep, you're right. It wasn't a rebuild. From it dirt. was. We got to tear it down to nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this wasn't a rebuild. This was a build. Now. <laughs> the Jets had to be treated happens, as if right? they were brand new. What we did with trading Darnold, with trading Adams, with trading Herndon, and getting that capital back and starting brand new, our offensive line went from the worst in the NFL to potentially a top seven or eight line this year. If this line stays healthy with that talent, we're going to be very good. Our D line very. that couldn't get after the quarterback could very well be a top very D line. Very good. Our very secondary, good. Gardner, Whitehead, Reed, those additions could make our secondary better. You're looking at a team that could have went from a 30-second defense to top potentially 10, top a top 15. Easy. 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 Now, Look. when we first, Joe Douglas first got here, it was an old rotted building. It was abandoned. Rocks were thrown through all the windows. There was nothing there. And now what you're going to see is you're going to see it being built the right way. It's going to have a good foundation from the ground up. It's going to have all the new amenities that all these new buildings have, right? It's going to be free Wi-Fi everywhere. It's going to be the right way over several seasons. We've had many GMs, and we know it. We can list all the names that tried to change the franchise on February 14th with overpaying contracts that were awful. Mosley and Bell come to mind that day. How many times did we hear the Jets won the offseason because they gave out the big contracts? Right. The Jets are winning the offseason because they're giving out the right contracts to the right players. So I don't know how you as a Jet fan can sit here and rip them. I, I think you're emotionally torn and you're like of... No, I'm not ripping were. Let me where the Jets are let, going, and I think you're still sick about it. I'm not ripping them. The only thing that I'm trying to do is I understand everyone getting excited. There is a ton of reason to be excited. I'm excited as a Jets fan. That my, I might actually see competitive football this year. And when I wear my Jets gear, I'm not going to get left, especially down here in Central Florida, where I'm surrounded by Tampa Bay Bucks fans, Miami Dolphins fans, Jacksonville Jaguars fans, New England Patriots fans. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Dallas Cowboys fans, you name it. I got a bunch of bozos around me. All right, that I got to listen to. Because we're the Jets. What I want to see is go out and produce. This is what I told everybody at the end of last season. Joe Douglas and Robert Sala put themselves on notice. They put themselves on blast with their year-end press conference when they both said that six wins in two years is unacceptable. So far, 100% solid offseason. The only thing that I'm saying is I want to see the finished product before I'm going to go all in with the huge Gatorade cooler filled with the green and white Kool-Aid. That's all I'm saying. And I respect that. You're not putting the carriage before the horse. Right. And I totally get that point of view. But you got to admit this. We don't have AIDS-looking horses anymore. We got oh, thank God. <laughs> we got ourselves some AIDS-looking horses. Chronic vaginitis coming coming That's at you. Respect to you, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But we have ourselves some freaking thoroughbreds right now. Yep, we do. I mean, we do. We I have to say that. At... We got an elite receiver. We might have the best tight end room in the entire NFL. Yep. We got an upgraded secondary. We got a young quarterback in his yep. second year who, after being injured last year, came back and looked phenomenal and was a much better decision maker, but had no help at wide receiver. Everyone was right, injured. So check this out. Crowder, Davis, Moore were all out. We were taking guys like it was like the Kurt Warner of wide receiver and groceries, and they were starting against Buffalo with the vision and the future of a team because we know we got the right guys in place building this the right way. We're not giving out six years, $120 million contracts out of desperation. We're building it the right way. And that is very, very encouraging for a franchise that never had a plan. It would be, let's do this, let's do this, let's do right. this, let's do this. Now it's, this is our plan. We're straight ahead forward and we're going to do this our way and it's going to be done the right way. And when it all comes together, we are going to be an elite 
dominant team that can go anywhere and run the ball, can go anywhere and play defense, and can be like the 49ers who go into Dallas and control the Green Bay and control the game. You're looking to get a team to play anywhere in any environment, in any situation, and control the trenches and eliminate the crowd noise and take over the game and play our brand of football. We have, it's like it could be two credible 1,000-yard running backs. On any given play, based on what it is that we are expecting, there could be four to six better than average viable options in the in the receiving passing game. Improved blocking up front, improved tight end play. We're gonna score a million points. <laughs> if Zach Wilson plays the way that we expect, I don't want to say expect, right? But I do expect him to play well. You've given a kid that's supremely talented way too many toys. You've given him way too many toys. All right, I want to get some of these comments on the air. Thank you again for everybody who's tuning into the chat. Right now, we got seven live viewers. If you are in the chat, if you are watching live, please, we appreciate you sharing the show. To everyone who is out there, share it to your friends and all that good stuff. Uh, Shout out to Florencio Rodriguez and Thomas Gutman. Thomas Gutman's first one. Slap it on your Twitter page. Absolutely. CJ, would you have been pissed if you went to bed and the Jets did did what they said they tried to do if they traded up at the end of the first to take Brees Hall while you were sleeping? Yeah, I probably would have been pissed. <laughs> to not come out of the first round with a pass rusher? Yeah, I definitely would have been pissed. Shout out to Keith Farrell from the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast in the chat. Happy you're back in business. Florencio Rodriguez, I was glad we didn't trade the 10th pick. Simon Baccarella, some of you guys didn't want running back in the second round. Scott Kalisby, I will say you were the first person to call the running back in round two before it happened, in reference to Simon Baccarella. Thomas Gutman, speaking of Wayne Corbett, he was super high on Garrett Wilson, and he definitely had something to do with that pick. Hashtag facts. I can't believe that uh, Scott Khalees be in here. I can't believe they let Zach Center from BYU, who went undrafted, go to the Cowboys. There's probably a reason for that. Just a few draft choices we were excited about to calm you down. Johnny Lamb Jones, Vernon Golston, Blair Thomas. Should I go on? Laugh out loud. Uh, Richard McDonald in the chat. Thank you for tuning in. CJ, Kevin, Nick are awesome. Guy Fisher in the chat. CJ, my man. Kevin, my man. Jet up. The drafts were off the chain. Joe Douglas did his thing. And that pass rusher Clemens is going to beast out. Scott Kalispi, Kevin is guzzling the Kool-Aid. And now he's sharing it with Nick. <laughs> Thomas Cutman, remember this draft. I look, it's I, not Kool-Aid. I, I gotta, it's it's called reality. It. You can call it what the hell you want to call it. I'm telling you right now. I'm in. And this is not to say that I'm expecting we're, we're talking about Super Bowl football. We're talking about good football. As a Jets fan, when's the last time you can actually say you've seen good football? consistently yeah you're right that's what i'm expecting i'm expecting more consistently higher quality football so if if that's drinking the kool-aid i got i got a gallon in this in the fridge i got a gallon right here on the floor next to me i'm about to go dig up three gallons when i go out in the woods within the next couple (laughs) days and we're about to get it in because that's where i'm at that's what i feel like all right let me me make an analogy here for scott and cj i could see scott and cj sitting on the they've had a great night the sun's coming up, and it's a beautiful scenery. And you know that a good day is on the rise. And then one of them looks at the other and says, yeah, but it's supposed to rain four days from now. And they're like, yeah, today's going to be bad. That's no, the no, 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 no. Hell no. First <laughs> off, Scott Kalispi is a hell of a lot more negative than I am. That's for sure. All right, that's first. Uh, let's see here. From maybe anyone right. in the show yeah, we got a few. We got a few here. Thomas Gutman, just remember that this draft appears amazing, but also remember there's a little bit of Jamal Adams and a little bit of Sam Darnold in this draft. Ultimately made it that way. So there's still some Mike McCagnan buying power with these results. Amen to that. I will I will not say anything more about that. Guy Fisher chimes in. Uzama, Conklin, Ruckert, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Berrios, and Davis. Scott Kalispi says, oh, free Wi-Fi. I'm sold. Laugh out loud. Guy Fisher back in there. J.J. Lawson, Quinn and Williams, Reed, Sauce, Hall, Eccles, Richard McDonald. Got to win at least every year you have to double up. Who could possibly be complaining, says Guy Fisher. Screw Debo and Hill, also Metcalf. Scott Kalispi is telling you both to stay. Uh, Thomas Gutman, love the positivity, Kevin, but I'm not as high on Michael Carter as you are. Justin Jett, Simon Baccarella. Zach needs to give us 24 and 12 as a second-year quarterback. <laughs> Nick Shine, CJ is so damn negative. <laughs> I love that yeah. scott cleese be putting you yeah. on blast again over here didn't you say double digit yeah. wins last um, year <laughs> my, my, if michael carter doesn't get hurt i, I think he's a thousand yard back last season <laughs> so, I mean, a thousand yard back we, i'm we, not we, sure we, how many yards did he finish with 
He was like 600. I think overall right. yards, I see him having the same type of numbers because I see Hall being the 15 to 20 touches a game. I see yeah, Carter I, having I, I, a bigger yeah. impact because Carter will be coming in third downs, catching out of the backfield, change of pace. I still see Carter being effective with 12 to 15 touches a game. So I don't know if that'll equate because there'll be some that, out of the backfield. But that's, I see him being more impactful. He's not going to get that. I don't think he's going to get that many touches. No. I'm talking look, maybe three, I, I, four we, catches a game we, we, and like eight to ten we, carries we, a game. Who do you not see getting those touches, Hall or Carter? Hall's going to get them. Hall's so a 1A running back. Carter and then, gets eight carries a game and like four catches. That That's 12. That's 12 touches for him. I, I think that's that's okay. plausible. I think that, that, that – don't that, forget, that's we're going to have more that's plays because we're going to be on the field more. We're going to be converting third down drives. So there's going to yeah, be more I hope, of a pie I hope with that. around. It's going to be a bigger pie. I do need to keep that in mind, and, and I want to be mindful of that, especially considering – that we do want to run the ball. We do want to run the ball probably 20, 25 times a game, maybe 30 times a game. Kind of depends on who it is that we're playing. There's a lot of rock to go right now, man. Elijah Moore is still going to get some of these. Braxton Berrios is probably now looking to get manufactured touches. And Coleman might get four to six yeah, a game. Exactly. And, and, and I'm going to keep it real. Trying to manufacture touches for Wayne Corbett, I think, is not the way to go long term. No, but uh, it's not. Sustainable. I, I get they're going to want to do that, especially since they just signed him. They gave him the contract. Recognize what it is that we're talking about, right? Because Nick, you're you're absolutely right. We're going to have a lot more a lot more opportunities because, like I said, I think we're going to score a million damn points a game. If Zach Wilson can recognize the tendencies in these guys early, right? You're talking about having Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. Elijah Moore, you're talking about having Conklin and Uzama and, you know, some possible opportunities for my man Rucker. Um, And you're talking about three or four running backs. This offense is designed to be prolific. If he's even efficient, we're going to whoop some folks this season. Oh, yeah. Wait, let me get some ice over here from my Kool-Aid. I don't think it's drinking the Kool-Aid when you... I don't think it's drinking Kool-Aid either. We're logically and rationally looking at the building blocks and pieces being brought in. And we know that it's being built the right way. That's not Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid is giving Neil O'Donnell a four-year or five-year $25 million deal and thinking he's the answer to the franchise. Yes. Saying that after watching his performance in the Super Bowl, I said for years, if Neil O'Donnell's worth $25 million, it means Jim Kelly's worth $100 because he lost four Super Neil, Bowls. Yep. Neil so, O'Donnell was a bum. I don't think bum. it's I blind hated faith. That move. hated that move. Yeah. Hated it's it. not blind faith. Hated. It's believing in the men making the decisions. It's watching it be built the right way. It's watching the positions that they value. Brees Hall, a running back in the second round, Come on. 99% of the time, I would hate it. This is the 1% I like it because in an ideal draft – your fourth pick is in the fourth round. Our fourth pick this year happened to be early in the second. So it's not like we took a running back when we need a corner, when we need a wide receiver, when we need a defensive end. Check, check, check. We already got him. We've addressed the D-line with Lawson coming back, Jermaine Johnson, Solomon Thomas. Everyone is there on the D-line. The linebackers, we got Sherwood. We got Nazo. I think I think Dairy Queen, yeah, whatever. We just, whatever we just got He's from coming uh, in. Jeremy on his channel calls him Dairy Queen. And if I have the name wrong, it's just a pun that one of my other friends uses. <laughs> or our friend. It's a friend of our show. Your show, too. So, the secondary. Reed. Pinnock moving there. Joiner being re-signed. Riley having a full offseason. Pinnock having a full offseason to transform his body to be a safety. Instead, he was drafted as a corner, and they moved him well at safety. So when yeah. you're looking at the culmination of everything, it's not Cooley. There's a reason to be optimistic. There's a reason to be proud. There's a lot of good things to look forward to. All right, so now what we're going to do is I'm going to turn the floor over to my man, Mr. Kevin Jackson. as He has his segment, which we lovingly in the spotlight. So, Kevin. The floor is yours, my friend. Who do we have in the white hot spotlight tonight? <laughs> Welcome back to another episode, right? The white hot spotlight this week is shining on really the only place that it actually should. Joseph Douglas, our guy. I think this is really simple. And I'm not going to talk to you guys as if you don't already know and act like I'm, you know, creating some sort of narrative. We saw what happened. Very, very high draft picks in any draft be taken by one team in the first round, and that team happens to be ours. That's been devoid of talent at multiple positions for years. We've seen an influx of talent right now that is a a level beyond what it is that we've seen even in veteran play over the course of these past few seasons that we've come to expect 
from our beloved green and white. Woody Johnson did the right thing. He got out of the way. He might still be in the room and he might actually every now and again throw out a stupid ass question. But other than that, he's letting it ride. And Joe and Rex Hogan and those guys, they're doing what it is that they need to do to make this thing pop. We've been talking about a rebuild for how many years now? We've been talking about how we needed to be patient. I know it's hard to ask for patience. I know it's difficult to ask for patience when you've been starving so long to finally eat. And now what it is that you're getting is you're getting your, it looks like we're getting carte blanche from this guy. It looks like we're getting high end cuisine that you know is expensive. You can't even read it on the menu. It ain't got no prices. That's what Joe Douglas is providing at this restaurant right now for us who have been starving all of this long time to see respectable football. A resume that includes three seasons with mixed reviews. But um, I'm guessing if you're just talking about the most recent with the most relevant you know, kind of set of circumstances here with uh, Robert Sala, arguably the best that we've ever seen. We can point to the stars, to the coaches. We can point to the players. We can point to the, the, the media. We can point to all of these different things about these past few days and months and weeks with free agency and the draft. It looks like what it, what it is that he's putting together to be shown on the field is what it is most of us, and, and CJ and I included, have been waiting decades for. It looks like we get ready to ball out, guys. And I think Joe Douglas is really the catalyst to make it happen. So uh, in the spotlight tonight, Joe Douglas, I'm going to get off my soapbox right now. I know Joe should get some props, but I mean, get, get, what do you think, Nick? Talk to me. I'm finishing my victory cigar from the draft because I smoke <laughs> cigars after Jets victories. Yeah, man. And I popped a cigar on Saturday afternoon and said that Joe Douglas off home run. He hit a Joe Carter World Series walk-off. <laughs> I don't think it's propaganda. I don't think it's nonsense. I don't think it's drinking the Kool-Aid. I think there are legit reasons to look at this draft, look at the offseason, look at the structure, look at all the rookies that played a quality amount of time last year who may back up into role players. And we have reason to believe drinking Kool-Aid is completely different from logically assessing a team and where they are and where you think they can get to. Thinking that we are going to win the Super Bowl this year would be drinking Kool-Aid. That's Thinking that we're making that's, strides that's and we're going to have better third down conversions and we're going to have better time of possession and we're going to have a rested defense right. who's not on the field for 37 minutes a game. We are going to be a team that nobody wants to play because we're building it to dominate the trenches. And when you can dominate the trenches, you can show up any Sunday and have a chance. And you can show up on Sunday night and Monday night I think we're going to have multiple games in primetime this year, not just our obligatory Thursday uh, yeah. night game. Because I think we yeah. are going to be a team that the NFL is like, let's They're see. want to see us. Why can't we They're have see us. a Sunday night game in Green Bay? Why can't we host Monday night against Buffalo? Why can't we have a second Thursday night game in New England? I think we're going to be a team that people are kind of starting to take a look. It's not drinking Kool-Aid. Quote the 76ers here, trust the process. And a couple of years ago, people were laughing at that. They didn't take the 76ers serious because they had multiple top three picks. And everyone laughed at it. And that's where we've been. We've been laughed at. Our own fan base laughs at those of us who think it's finally turning the corner. That's how bad it's been being a Jet fan. And I completely get that. To everyone in the chat, we're at the point where we are a respected organization. We are getting national media attention from all the prognosticators, from all the people who have taken the easy jab at the Jets when we were there. And now you're looking at, they got something going on over there. They're doing some nice things. I'm sleep you. on us if you and want to. Sleep on us. Because you know what? You're going to be sleeping anyway when we steamroll you in the trenches and your butt gets knocked out. I completely agree. Joe Douglas deserves to be in the spotlight with the draft. The draft was amazing. All right, he addressed positions of need. We got more positions of depth. Again, I'm very curious to see what the puzzle is going to look like come training camp, come preseason, come the regular season. And if all parts can stay healthy, and if everyone comes in and does their part and does their job, I hate to steal that from the New England Patriots, but it's kind of true. If they can come in and they do the, they can do their job, and Zach, um, Zach Wilson can make those easy throws, can improve off of the success and the steps forward that he took last year and really have that good breakout season in year two, the Jets are going to be quite capable of doing some damage. But again, big say, there are two words that that have run rampant in the past decade plus. Word if 
and the word hope. These need to be turned into when and how. That's what they need to be doing. When we go to New England and we beat the Patriots, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we do Right, exactly. So that'll be the new theme song for the Jets once they go up there to Foxborough. And CJ quoting Montel Jordan. I love, much like the Jets, I love watching something else blossom and bloom. And I'm watching you blossom and bloom right in front of my eyes. I love it. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, so now we're going to wrap up tonight's show with some final thoughts. We'll go around the room. Nick, since you are our guest tonight, we're going to start with you. Give me your final thoughts for this evening. Kudos <laughs> to Joe Douglas and his staff, to the Jets fans, to the Jet team, to the new players drafted, to the fan base, to somebody who's ever loved a Jet fan and had to deal with the misery of being with or knowing a Jet fan. I firmly believe that was a franchise-changing moment. And you can call me whatever you want, and you can accuse me of drinking whatever drink you want to say, but there's substance to my statement. It's not BS. It's not flash. It's not pie in the sky. We have substance with this team, and that's what I see. So people can say whatever they want, about my take, but I, I firmly believe this team, I think it's not crazy to say they win eight or nine, eight or nine games this year. Now, that's not world beaters. That, that's not Super Bowl contenders, but it's better than two, four, five, and we're building it the right way to sustain it over time, year in and year out. Because we're not paying $85 million for a middle linebacker. We're not giving a running back that took three years off $52 million. We have substance to what we're building. There's rhyme. There's reason. There's purpose. There's a plan. There's an identity being formed. And we're going to win some games. You might not expect us to win. We might be six and a half point underdogs against Buffalo. And we might catch them. Because when you can control the trenches, you can control the game. How many times did the 49ers, twice in the regular season, for those keeping tabs, manhandled and defeated the Rams, who won the Super Bowl. So it's not crazy to say that the Jets can line up, control the trenches, and win a game that no one expects them to. They might get three or four of those. Granted, it's the Jets. We might end up losing one to Seattle because that's always been our mantra in life. We beat the big guys. Like, we beat the Rams two years ago with Sam Darnold, and then we get blown out by somebody else that, that we were expected to win. So right. we're getting yeah, we, there. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. And when you put the bow on this weekend – you sit there and you say, you know what, in time that we will forever think of. My kid is 13 years old. I'm 43. When we had that draft in 2000, I loved it. My kid is 13. 20 years from now, when he's 33, he's going to look back. And he's going to say, that is the draft that changed the Jets. And that was the moment that made this a credible team, an enjoyable team, and somebody that we could all root for. All right, Kevin. Joe Douglas is a football guy. we got to have patience. Woody's deciding to kind of get out of it, let it play out. Yeah, I know, you know, that the, some of those draft picks weren't really that good, but you saw that there was talent, right? It's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan. You, you've, It's another unfortunate side effect of hunger. People are out here wild and making all of these stupid-ass takes and saying all of this ridiculousness. I've, I've been kind of a broken record on some of this stuff, right? And my tune hasn't changed. It has just evolved to what it is that this portion of the journey qualifies for right now. We're getting ready to ball, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting ready to ball. You're getting ready to see smiling faces on Sunday afternoons and Sunday nights. You're getting ready to see Jets fans talking junk in the office on Monday mornings. Get ready. Get your popcorn. Get your drinks. Get your jerseys. Get your hats, your T-shirts. Pull your mugs out. It's coming. It's coming. My final thoughts, I don't care. I've been the rational, the most calm, the most even-keeled guy over the course of these past... Man, I'll tell you right now, I've, I've had to catch myself a couple of times from jumping off the bridge. Right now, I'm standing on the bridge checking the bungee cord right now because I'm getting ready to jump. I'm getting ready to jump. I'm telling you right now, guys, if we have another offseason, even similar to one it is that we just had, they're going to start discussing us as if we belong in the playoffs every year. Imagine that. Wow. My final thought, it's real simple. Again, I've been saying the same thing forever. Y'all have heard me repeat it over and over again. This is really kind of short and sweet for me tonight because I really don't think that anything else needs to be said. It's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan right now. Don't ruin it. Don't be a, don't be a jerk about it. You know what I'm saying? Think, think before you tweet. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Think before you tweet. Think before you post some, some ridiculousness on Facebook. <laughs> then, then, think about where it is that we're going. You may not look at this team and this organization and say that you are fully behind, behind Zach Wilson. After last season, I can't argue with you. I'm just going to be honest with you. I can't say that we've seen him be this world-beating quarterback. I can tell you what it is that we have seen him be as extremely confident, extremely capable, and in spots we've actually seen him show a little bit of spectacular. There weren't enough of those for me to tell you that I'm 100%, you know, kind of against doubts that you might have about Zach Wilson. But I've seen some really good quarterbacks be really bad in their rookie seasons. I don't think that Zach is one of them guys. I'm a football guy. I played football my whole life from the time I was six until I was 26 years old. Coach JV had some little assistant coaching jobs at high schools and things of that nature. I know football. I've been around college programs. I know what football looks like. I think we're getting ready to play really good football. All right, so I'm going to wrap this up. Pretty much just echo the sentiments of uh, my two co-hosts here tonight. JD had a hell of a draft, hell of an offseason so far. I'm very curious to see exactly how all of it is going to fit together. And what training camp is going to look like, what OTAs are going to look like, what minicamp is going to look like once everybody is in and getting ready to participate. That being said, I'm not telling anybody to not be happy. I'm just telling everybody, be cautiously optimistic. Let's hope nobody gets hurt. Let's hope we can get 100% participation in training camp. And hopefully nobody gets seriously hurt. Where we're not going into one saying we're down our starting guard, we're down our, our our starting pass rusher, we're down a starting linebacker, we're down two defensive linemen, and the backups got to play, and we got all backups playing in this in the secondary. That's not what I want to see. Week one, I want to see a 100% fully healthy New York Jets team ready to deliver justice to the rest of the NFL and make met place of fear. For the rest of the NFL. Point blank period. The end. That's going to do it for my final thought for tonight. And that's also going to do it for tonight's episode of Weapon Hot. Here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can follow the show on Twitter. At Weapons Hot Show. Follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner in crime on the other side of the glass. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Nick, when you start plugging your stuff. Please give out all your social media information. So fans of Weapons Hot can interact with you. And the tremendous work that you're doing, not only at the IOW Sports Network, but also proud New York Jet fans. The YouTube channel, the Facebook page, everything. Weapons Hot has a Facebook page. Hit the like button. Weapons Hot is a YouTube. Like and subscribe. Weapons Hot is also on Jets World, where I do a solo show called Mission Briefs every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Newest episode coming up tomorrow night. So before we sign off, I turn the floor over to Mr. Nick shine jr please give out all the information you can find me on twitter at big nick underscore sec 325 my section 325 at the games i have a group on facebook that i started with jimmy jardine a friend of the show uh it's called proud new york jets fans join that group there you can also find youtube uh, my channel that i just started building and working on myself uh, CJ was a guest on there the other day. Kevin, I'll have you on there too. I'll get your info and have you on as a guest. It's Appreciate also it. called Proud New York Jets Fans on YouTube. Find me on Facebook, Nick Shine Jr. I'm always talking Jets. I'm always up for any place, any time to have a Jet discussion. I'll get into it at Quick Check when someone looks at the shirt and they make the eye contact and I'll just start a Jet conversation with them. I talk this team any place I can, any time I can. I will love discussing New York Jets football. And it's not conversations anymore that are, well, someday. Well, maybe they'll get there. Now it's, how much time you got, dude? <laughs> so I thank you guys for having me on. Quick personal comment. I love having you guys back. I stayed in touch with CJ while you guys were off air. And uh, when he came back on the other day, he did his little short. And then I had him on my show instantaneously right after it. And Kev, will have you there too. We'll have both of you guys on together. Uh, I love having you guys back. I love listening to your content, and I'm very appreciative that that you guys bring me on and allow me to talk about my favorite thing in the world, aside from my kids, the New York Jets. Thank you. That's what's up, Nick. Thank That's you. That's what's up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Kevin Jackson, Mr. Nick Shine Jr., from proud New York Jets fans on the IOW Sports Radio Network, this is CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. 
signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets, football league. CJ, was that audio from Jeremy Ruckert's living room? No, it may as well have been. <laughs> <laughs> there were that many people there. <laughs> y- yep, pretty much. <laughs> All right. This has been Weapon Todd, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I know what time it is. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.